I just found a bottle of water down here with a couple of straws and a San Francisco 49er football helmet on it. That's disgusting. Anyway, uh, the point was proven on the field, not on uh, a little bitty thing stuck to a bottle of water. So whoever did that, sorry. Anyway, we are, um, this is uh, a Mission Sunday, of course, as you know. We had that this morning, and, and, uh, and when Gary Buck was, was kind of passing out assignments for this, they s- decided Chad Wagner for a Sunday morning, they said, we'll just, we'll just put you up there Sunday night. I'm thinking, okay, is that just kind of like not really part of that, or can I just do whatever I want? And I decided, well, if it's, if it's Mission Sunday, we'll, we'll stick with a mission topic tonight. And I wanted to make it a little light and fun, and I'm hoping that we can do that tonight. But a couple of things we really need to hammer is next Saturday at 1.30, Freed Hardeman Chorus is, is chartering a bus and heading this way. I don't know how many kids. He sent me a list uh, just yesterday. And so we've got like 40, 45 people uh, who will be coming as part of the chorus and those that wi- are with it. We've got housing right now for about 18 of them. And so KIT is going to come out here, and they're going to see a bunch of homeless college students sleeping on our, on our uh, front lawn. That looks terrible for us. So what I'm asking is, and I haven't signed up yet either, and I'm going to take four or five of those guys, but if you can at all find room in your heart for a Freed Hardeman student while they're in the, in the course, and I, I think the biggest reason about this is we've had like eight things in a row and it's kind of hard to keep tabs of them. So I'm just urging you to go find that sign-up sheet, moved by the Holy Spirit, moving your heart. And I promise you they'll serenade you that night before you go to sleep and you'll have the best sleep of your life. Will that help any? And then uh, the, the meal will be provided here Saturday night. The meal will be provided Sunday after services. It's for the chorus and those who house the chorus and any of their family members who are here. But the chorus will sing during the combined adult worship uh, Bible class time. So that's when the chorus is actually going to make their presentation. So it's going to be a pretty good Sunday next Sunday. But whether they sing well or not depends on whether they sleep somewhere. So I'm just saying, you know, sign that sign-up sheet. Also remember, guess who's coming to dinner is coming up. And I've got to explain that just real quick. I can, this sermon is going to be shorter so I can explain a little more. Guess who's coming to dinner is... You will find out, uh, this is going to be on March 21st, you're going to find out about 30 minutes before you eat where you're supposed to be eating at. You're going to be eating at some member's house. You have no idea until 30 minutes before when I text you and I say to you, you're going to this address. And you're going to say, well, who is that? I said, well, if you don't know, you'll find out when you get there. That's why it's guess who's coming to dinner. You don't know whose house you're going to, and whoever's hosting has no idea who's coming. We need to kind of spur on our getting into each other's homes and leaving it up to you just ain't working. I'm just sorry, it's not working. So we're going to organize this thing and say to you, if you want, please sign up for this. We want you to participate. If you want to host, when you sign up, just say, I want to host four or I want to host five or whatever. If you want to just say, I don't want to host, but I want to be a guest somewhere, moocher, yeah, no, no, uh, I just want to be a guest somewhere. Sign up and, and, and say, I want to just be a guest. I don't want to host anybody. Last year, we had more hosts than we needed. So we've never had a problem with the generosity uh, of doing this. But this is just a cool thing. And you're going to probably end up in a home of somebody you've never been in their home before. And you're going to have stories to talk about and things. And then you're going to come back up here afterwards for dessert. And we're going to talk about what you learned about this body of people 
good, bad, and ugly, okay? So just remember that. That's from March 21st. If you can participate, I urge you to do it. It's something uh, that's really fun. Also, April 3, 4, and 5, Keith Lancaster will be coming uh, to us, and Friday night is high school college and young adult up to age 25 you're going to have a separate place where you're going to go and it's just going to be uh, learning singing and singing better and uh, in this building in this room will be all the every song leader who can make it every worship leader every worship deacon every person who works with our worship at all anyone who just wants to hear it can come that friday night but it's just valley view it's just us meeting and Keith Lancaster will meet with us then. Saturday from 9 to noon, there will be a convergence of people from all around because everybody follows this praise and harmony thing. We're going to break up into parts. Each of these sections is a part. It'll be us and it'll be anybody else who comes. And we're going to talk about singing. We're going to sing. We're going to learn new songs and sing good old ones that Saturday morning. And then he's going to lead on Sunday morning as well. I, that's a cool weekend. And I'm excited about it. I hope that you'll... Get on board for it. In preparation, Wednesday nights in March, we're going to meet all adult classes in this room. Wednesday night, our Bible class will be a singing class. We'll break up in those parts so that we know on that Saturday morning, Saturday morning when we come, we know where we go. That we don't want to pop it on anybody. So I hope you'll participate and get behind that. It's going to be a lot of fun together. You know, of course, as we talked about, as Chad talked about this morning, that mission refers to this important goal that we have that is backed by a strong conviction inside of us, placed there by God through the truth he gives us. Think of the Mission Impossible movies where everyone, where the people are given a mission should you choose to accept it. And they know, they know when they accept this mission that it's going to involve incredible sacrifices. And yet they're willing to do it, and they sign on to it, and they finish the mission, right? We have an, a mission that is impossible without God, but with God it becomes possible, and it becomes our assignment when we are a Christian. We think of mission being far away. We had Chad Wagner talking about Nigeria and Myanmar and all those places, and that, that, that we need to go out there. But mission is also right here at home. I know we're talking about short-term missions. People will talk about this once in a while. We get all spiritualized up to go halfway across the world in order to share the gospel, but so few of us are equipped or willing to go right across the street or next door with that same truth. Mission is not a short-term thing. Mission is our identity. It's who we are. It's a very way of life. It's what's on our minds, what motivates us to live the way we do 24-7. There's a reason we treat the waiter in public the way we do. It reflects on our God. It reflects on the truth. I say that to young people all the time when they're wearing the youth group t-shirts when they're out around doing it. I want you to know there's an immediate tie in people's minds between the way you behave and the name of that church on your shirt. But in reality, whether the name of the church is on your shirt or not, that truth is there. There's a reason we treat people the way we do. There's a reason that we we act the way we do when someone cuts us off in traffic. I hope we act that way. There's a way, there's a reason we talk to that lady who's about to mess up our sandwich at Subway or at Firehouse. There's, it's a reason why we raise our kids the, the way we do, the way we discipline them for what we discipline them for, the way we teach them how you behave yourself in different places, how you dress when you go to different things. All of it is mission. So I want to use the word mission to describe it. M is for members. 
If you're a member of the Lord's church, you have a mission. It's not something that you take on later. The moment you become a believer who's, who's covered by the blood of Jesus, who's added to the church, you become also an ambassador for God. It's not something that you choose. It's something you're assigned when you become a member and receive the benefits of all the blessings in Christ. You receive those wonderful things that drew you to respond to Christ in the first place, to be immersed, right? You, you, you remember the reason why you did all that and why it was so wonderful to you, and you'd love for everybody to experience the same thing. God doesn't call us to sit and enjoy the blessings, basking in the glow of every spiritual blessing in Christ. He expects us to take that knowledge out there because here's the truth we know. There's something you know about everybody you meet. Now, we're all individuals, and we all have these unique characteristics. We have all these odd things about each of us, but there's some things you know about everybody. Everybody has sinned. Everybody is in trouble. Everybody needs rescue. Everybody needs Jesus. And since you have him and everybody needs him, it seems like you should share him. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old's gone, the new's here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. When you become new, you're given a ministry that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. It's as though God were making his appeal through us. When you become the new creation, you become an ambassador. You know who an ambassador represents? An ambassador of the United States. You know who he represents? The president of the United States. And he represents, therefore, the entire country. You know what happens when you become a child of God? You become an ambassador of him. You represent him to everybody. What is mission? It's members. It's about members. Secondly, it's intentional. Intentionally, we have a distinct purpose, and we live for a very particular reason. You don't accidentally stumble upon a Christian lifestyle. You choose it. You embrace it. You find out what it is, and you say, I want that. We live to glorify God, and by glorifying God, we make him known in the world. And we have to think through so many lifestyle choices. This doesn't make life easy because you really have to ponder deeply sometimes. What is the Christian God-glorifying thing to do here? And that's what you agree to do when you become a child of God. You take every, captive, every thought captive and you make it obedient to Christ. I want every action to be something that reflects well on him, so I live intentionally. Paul says at Romans chapter 12, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable form of service. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're constantly in this process of renewal. You are doing a brain transplant all your life for the rest of your life, changing the old man, putting the new man in there. You've got to think through these things. Mission is when members intentionally serve. Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. You remember the moment. 
Nobody else would do it. Nobody else would lower themselves to wash everybody's feet in that room, the nasty feet that got them there. And so Jesus decides, I'm going to do it. And he takes that water and he takes every person's foot and he does this light massage and he cleans even all the people, Judas and Peter and everybody. And then he says something, John chapter 13. A new command I give you. After he's done that, it's a demonstration. He says, I'm giving you a new command. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. He's not saying you wash feet like I wash feet, so the rest of eternity, Christians wash each other's feet. He's saying, I want you to meet the needs of people like I've just met the needs of people. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. Now, this is weird. Who's everyone? Everyone at church? Everyone will at church will know you're my disciples if you love the rest of the people at church. Is that what it means? Okay, this is yes. This is no. And this is Sunday night. I don't care. So, is everyone the church? No. Everyone is the world. The world, people who are not in the building tonight, people outside these walls those people will know you're my disciples when you love one another now that's weird because you would think the only way an outsider would ever see us was if we're loving them but that's not what it says it says they'll they'll know you're my people when you love each other you know what you become we need to be the church on the hill that obviously loves each other that's in reach that's us treating each other good he is saying in-reach is a great outreach. When the world sees you doing this, I'll give you an example in the last couple weeks. Uh, the couple's thing on Tuesday night, Paul put that together, and he always goes nuts. You know whenever he plans something, he comes to the office and he reviews it with us every day for four weeks. He comes in and he starts talking, he starts giving all the details. I know, Paul, you said that yesterday, and you said that the day before, and you said it the day before that, and you said it the day before that. And then after it's over, he comes back and he reviews it for four weeks. For eight weeks, I'm talking about the couple's thing on Tuesday night. Leave, Paul. Don't you have something to sell, right? And then I see on Facebook, somebody puts on there, two or three of you did this. I'm so thankful to be part of a church that cares enough about its married couples that it provides opportunities like this. That's called taking care of each other and the world takes notice and says, that's what I want to be part of. And so mission is members intentionally serving each other, but also the other second seven, second seven. Second S is sharing. We're also sharing life with each other by sharing the truth that motivated us to come into Christ, we make it possible for others to be motivated the same way. So I was at the village last Sunday. I actually showed up. They, they were all throwing me a party because I showed up. And I was the only one that showed up, by the way. So I think I did my time here. I think I made my penance. Leading, singing, and all that. So, so I, I was talking about when we love each other, like the Good Samaritan, we, we, we see what someone else needs we look at what we have, and we use what we have to meet those needs. And I use Bill Berry as an example of this. He's going to have a fit about this. Because, but here's the first thing he does 
when I go eat with him at the villa down there. He's got a friend that sits next to him. His name is J.D. And the first thing we'll do, they'll start getting, they'll get cantankerous and they get to fussing. J.D. has wanted me to convince the elders to disfellowship Bill Berry for years. He says, do you know when he goes to Mazio's, all those women come hugging him? It's the most disgusting thing. He said, I went one time and for two hours I watched women hug him the entire time. You need to kick him out of the church. And I'm just looking at him like, I can tell the elders for you, but I can't kick him out of the church. You tell him what he does. And so I'm telling you what he does. But the first thing Bill does, he'll take two sweet and low, and he'll kind of, you know how people do that to get it to the bottom? He'll rip the top off of it, and he'll lean across the table, and he'll put that in J.D.'s tea, because J.D. can't reach across and do it. That little gesture right there is very important. That's how a guy at the villa who's a child of God, loves his neighbor. Well, I was sharing that, and Dot Bird comes up, and he says, here's, here's what I've always been told. And if you know Dot Bird at all, she's one of the most encouraging people in the world, sends you cards and leaves you notes on your phone, or leaves you a message on your phone. And, and she watches all my sermons two or three times, which, man, something's wrong with her. But she's, she says to me, you know what I why I smile so much. And have you noticed what a beautiful smile that bird has? She's one of the most beautiful women I've ever met in my life. And she smiles all the time. She says, you know why? Because I want people, I want people to see me smile and, they, and they're going to say, if you're smiling all the time on the outside, what is it on the inside that makes you do that? And then I get to share with them why I smile. That's a beautiful thing. And she's exactly right where she's at because of a simple smile or a kind word or a kind gesture or a note. Any of those things can be loving people, meeting them in an area of their need. And that's what we do with people on the outside. We serve people on the inside and we share our love with people on the outside. Members intentionally serving and sharing to integrate. We think of this as a politically charged term from years ago when they tried to make schools integrate we want to make schools combine black and white into one I just want to take that idea not the political charge part of that but this is what we are striving to we want to make part of God's family everyone who's not our goal in everything we do intentionally, everything we do serving each other, everything we do sharing with others is to integrate people. We want everyone in the world to come into the family of God. We want to integrate them. We want to make ourselves find room for every language, every tribe, every color, every ethnicity. I would love to have the stress in an elders meeting. How do we bring all these people as one into one body? That's a great great dilemma I'd love to have and that's our mission Matthew 28 says it this way Jesus came into them and said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of every nation what does Mark say every creature every person we want them all who are outside to come inside. We want to baptize them. We want to teach them everything Jesus commanded them. And Jesus is with us on this mission. Listen, there's nobody outside that we want to integrate. If we could have our dream, everybody in the world would be a member of the Lord's church. Integrate. Members 
intentionally serving and sharing to integrate outsiders. We do label people. Outsider, outsiders are people, obviously, who are not members. They're outside the truth. They're outside the body of Christ. They're outside all the spiritual blessings that are in Christ. They are outside. Everybody fits into one of two categories, in Christ or outside of Christ. And we label people. We label people not for the sake of prejudice, not for the sake of judgment. We label people because this, we want everyone who's outside to become inside. That's what we're, want. we're wanting to move them. And if you don't know whether you need to move them or not, that could affect what you do. These people maybe never had an opportunity, never have heard, the, never been given the invitation, or maybe they have, but they, they just have refused up to now. We would love to see everyone on the outside be integrated to the inside. And finally, the end is, oh, by the way, it's John 3, 16, right? God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes, right? But he, he wants the world, but only those who believe will actually receive it. So just look at this famous verse. There are two destinies for everybody. One destiny, it begins with P, and it's the word perish. And the other one is have eternal life. So you got life and you got perish. And you got two columns. What determines which column you end up in? Whether you believe. But he targets everybody. He loves the world. He wanted everybody. And that's what we need to do too. That's what we're striving to do. To bring the outsider in. To switch the columns. If you're in the perish column, we want you in the eternal life column. And finally, N is for number. We want the outsider to be brought into our number. And I don't mean Valley View membership roles or a picture directory. I mean like Acts 2. And here's what Acts 2 says. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number. Later on, a couple thousand more, 5,000 is what that number. It's the number of people God counts as his. It's his church. So God was adding those people. And we want, our mission is to act in such a way that we attract and draw those on the outside to become part of this number. The number of those who've been saved and who praise and give their allegiance to God. We really have multiple reasons for why we do what we do. Tomorrow you're going to go to work, many of you. You're going to go to work to make a living. You're going to go to work to make a difference, but you're going to go to work for another reason too. It's your mission. Some of you are going to go back to school, or maybe you're off school tomorrow and go back to school Tuesday. You go back to get an education. You go to be with friends, but there's another reason that's tugging at you all day long while you go about your school too. You've got a mission. You're going to drive somewhere. You're going to do something for leisure activities. You're going to do something for recreation. You're going to be on some sports teams. You're going, to, you're going to do something just for fun. You're going to gather with friends and do some activities. And you're going to do that to, in order to have fun and enjoy life. But there's another purpose, a thread of purpose that runs through everything else. It's, it's supplemental to the other one. It's called mission. It goes with us everywhere we go. When you go to school, you do mission. When you go to work, you do mission. When you raise your kids, you do mission. Everything we do, we do as members of the Lord's church, striving to intentionally serve and share with others to integrate outsiders into our number. And worship has been part of that. You've been in worship today to remember this. 
and you're going to leave this building tonight, and you're going to go somewhere else. Some of you are going to go to Mazio's. Some of you are going to go to Dairy Queen. Some of you are going to go, I don't know where you go. You're going to go eat somewhere, goof off with some friends, and then you're going to get back in that car and drive on the highways, and you're going to go home. You're going to rest up and get back to work tomorrow. And all of that that you're doing, there's another reason for why you do the way you do. There's something else going on too. You're representing your God wherever you go because today is Mission Sunday. Guess what tomorrow is? Mission Monday. You know what Tuesday is? It's Mission Tuesday. You know what Wednesday is? Mission Wednesday. You know what Thursday is? Well, you know, you get the idea. Every day is a mission day because that's who we are. We're children of God striving to bring others into the number. And may God work in our lives to be the aroma of Christ to draw others to himself. Maybe we can bring that bri- be that bridge ourselves and our lives and our example to bridge people from that outside of Christ to in our number. That's our goal. Remember that with everything that you do. And if there's anyone in here tonight who's in the parish column, for whatever reason you've never responded, I don't know what your excuse has been, doesn't make any difference. Now you've got another shot. You've got another time right now to change your column commitment, right? Don't leave this place in the parish column. Leave it in the eternal life one. And for the rest of your life this week, until we meet again next Sunday, try to get other people to do the same with the way you live your life. If you need to respond, make it known now as we stand and as we sing.